So are vaccine mandates around the corner for business? Your government wants it that way. Certainly California government wants it that way. Let's talk about it a little bit and see how that applies to the trucking industry today. My name is Chris Joslin, and welcome to Jaws Bites. Hey everybody, Chris Joslin back coming at you again today for another edition of Jaws Bites. Welcome to the show. As always, sponsored by www.ilevellogistics.com, preferably coming across your screen right now. We're here today. I've been wanting to do a part two of what I call a recalibration. That is not what we're doing today. Today, instead, I, I, in the process of getting ready to, to do this, I came across a couple of articles that I was reading. Um, specifically about the possibility of businesses being required to mandate vaccines, vaccinations for COVID-19 for their employees. Interesting, broad, very controversial subject, and one that is probably going to, other than possibly the 41 steamship lines sitting off the coast of California right now clogging up that entire system, is probably going to be one of the main things that a lot of people in the business world in general are going to be talking about, and something that is uh, frankly, going to affect the logistics supply chain, a transportation world, pretty dramatically, depending on how it's developed. And I, I think it comes down to, as I prefaced a little bit earlier in my prologue, it comes down to uh, what do you believe anymore? What is the truth, and and who do you decide to believe in? Now, I'm not here to to have a debate. I'm not here to take a side. I'm not here to be a, a an advocate for or a, a dissuader against. The idea of, of getting vaccinated, that's not part of the program. What is part of the program is, is, is starting a trend. And you may have heard this in some of my previous podcasts, but starting a trend to really look at what is beneath the surface of a lot of these things we look at today. And, you know, I, there's an old adage, follow the money. I've said it plenty of different times. And I think this is again, one of those things that you have that in mind when you're looking at this. And, and I, 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 should probably tend to qualify a little more, follow the money and follow who has the power within whatever structure we're talking about, whether it's a governmental structure, whether it's a business structure, whether it's defined just as logistics or 3PL world, who has control, who has the ability to turn off or turn on the tap of capacity or fluidity within a network, and how do you control it? Now, how does that relate to what we're talking about with vaccine mandates? Out here in Southern California, there's actually legislation going, uh, at least being proposed in Sacramento, a super democratic majority in this state, of course, that wants to require private business to mandate that their employees must be vaccinated. I think there's probably going to be caveats to that where they're either going to be tested uh, frequently once a week, once every two weeks, something like that, or vaccinated. Either way, there's cost implementations to that. There's, it's a, it's a different form of regulation. It's a different form of viewing how companies run their own private companies. 
So you got to start asking yourself, there's, there's always oversight, there's always regulation, there's always safety concerns, there's always things that governmental agencies are, are required for public service, public health, public protection to put in place to make sure that the working public and the non-working public is protected from a variety of things. So we can get into the nuances of that and get down a political road. But the article I read basically was addressing this in terms of how it would affect the trucking industry in general. And they made some very good points within this article and talking specifically about how about 35% of truckers that are out there have not been vaccinated yet. And this corresponds a lot to the same as the general population in the United States that are, that have vaccine hesitancy. We're waiting for an FDA approval that Pfizer has now for everybody that is 16 years or older which is kind of an interesting way. They're continuing with the emergency stuff for people that are from, I think, 12 to 16, and then allowing this to be FDA approved for beyond 16, which is kind of strange. And there's, there's all things we can, we can go down to talk about in terms of that and the whys and the wherefores, et cetera. But ultimately, a lot, there's a lot of belief out there that this FDA approval will, will calm down a hesitancy and bring more people to the table to get vaccinated. The question really becomes, is there a vaccination issue or is there an antibody issue? And there's, of course, ways to test for that. So the, 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 the question behind the curtain there for truckers in general, of the 35% that are unvaccinated, how many people have the antibodies? And then the argument whether or not the antibodies are produce as much um, protection as a vaccine, the current vaccines would. And again, you know, the, the scientific community um, which is the ones we should be talking about in this case, because politicians should never be listened to with any of this. If you listen to the politicians in that, uh, you would or would not take the vaccine based on you know whatever ideology you happen to have there. But from a human individual standpoint, you have to have some of your own self-agency and decide for yourself within the, the age group you're in, the the the, the comorbidity aspects of the possible things that, that you deal with on a personal basis and your freedom to choose what you're going to do. So 35% of truckers have decided at this stage not to do that, which corresponds, as I said, to the general populace out there. And a lot of those 35 in surveys have basically said, we ain't going to take it no matter what. If, and if an employer is requiring me to do it, then they're no longer going to be my employer. And I'm going to give a lot of colorful commentary on my way out the door. I'm going to find something else to do that doesn't require me to abuse what they deem as one of the freedoms that they have. And you have to look at trucking in general over the course of its history, not its entire history, but even the history from 15 years ago and back, where becoming an independent trucker, whether it's whether it's a contractor, whether you worked for somebody, part of the reason you did that is there was an on-the-road freedom aspect to the whole thing. And the more regulation, the more onerous technologies, the more things that are put in the way of what was part of the reason that they took those positions to get that freedom of getting on the road, striking out, going from California to Chicago to the East Coast and back and all around and coming home, and seeing the world as it were, continually gets struck down by more and more of these things. And certainly a demand of a mandate would fall into that category. Now, the trend is headed there. Uh, 
when this pandemic started, I had some conversations personally with some friends of mine, and I suggested that this is where it would eventually lead. Of course, it was going to be two weeks to slow the curve at the time, and that was nonsense, and I kind of knew it was nonsense at the time. I also didn't think it was going to be 18 months, and we're still in the middle of this thing, and, and countries were shut down because of it. So again, based on what you want to do with life, based on your personal tolerance, you will or will not get vaccinated. The, but the, the question I started to ask there was, if you have the antibodies, isn't that better or at least the same as, as having that, that vaccine? So maybe the better way to look at this is, are you, do you have as an individual some type of personal immunity? whether from the vaccine or whether from antibodies because you had this in the past or or had a similar um, uh, you know disease and situation in the past that that created the antibodies that that turned this respiratory virus which will be very much like a rhinovirus the cold over the course of time hopefully it's diminished to that but it, what I mean by very much like a, a rhinovirus meaning it's going to stay with us this is not going to go away. It's not going to be eradicated. Anybody that tells you otherwise is just not telling you correct information. These kind of things don't go away. They change from year to year, season to season, et cetera, et cetera. So this is something we're going to have to deal with for a lifetime. Who knows what technologies will do? The mRNA vaccine and what they've done with this technology is pretty incredible and in, in, to be very much admired. And but long-term is what will decide, historically is what will decide how we adapted to this pandemic, how we approached it, et cetera. But from a personal and a business standpoint in the transportation world, as it's directed toward truck drivers in particular for this short video, the question has to be asked is supply and demand question. Where is the money? Who've got to follow it? So if you have uh, Amazon, for instance, and Walmart, for instance, require Walmart's a great example. I believe, and I don't know if backed off this or not, but I believe they're requiring by August, not August, October third, that all their employees be fully vaccinated by October third. Now, I don't, I haven't delved into this enough to know, but does that does that include their warehousemen? Does that include their distribution centers? I suspect it does. So. Many, many podcasts ago, we talked about a new regulation coming out with the Southern California or the Orange County Air, Air Resource Board um, or quality, uh, Air Quality Board and how they're putting in some restrictive kinds of things in terms of distribution centers and how they're going to start requiring the carriers that come in to be either a, a certain um, particulate or a certain year engine, or a certain diminished zero uh, carbon neutral, however you want to describe it, they were going to to either they're going to tell the warehousemen if they're a fifty thousand or a hundred thousand square feet or more that you must have a certain footprint, not just because from the stuff you do internally with your forklifts and with your air conditioning filtration systems and what emissions you have there, but they need to diminish the emissions that are coming into the facility. And to do that, they were going to to penalize those warehousemen based on who they have coming in and out of their facility, thus pushing the the burden toward the carrier, toward the vendor. I recognize this very similarly. So if if you're a Walmart warehouse, Forget the emissions part. I just use that as an example. If you're a Walmart warehouse and everybody in that facility is vaccinated and you're looking to make sure that everybody stays that way, 
you, you, you have carriers coming in and doing out of your facility and you have certain KPIs that you require of those carriers, you know, on time delivery, a, a certain amount of, of insurance required, um, a, a certain, um, tenure of, of, um, ability to be a CDL driver, all kinds of things, a certain, heck, I know, I know different companies require you to bring in only certain types of trucks into their facility. So if they add to that, that you can only use carriers that can show as they come in the gates, here's, here's our bill of lading. Here's our, here's our distribution order from the, the, the harbor. And here's my vaccination card. Is that going to happen? Very possibly. Very possibly, because it's it's really a matter of protecting themselves. These warehouses, these large companies, these that are they have it is easier for them, especially as big a companies as they are. They're much easier for them to control this messaging and to comply with these things that governmental agencies, whether local, state, or, or federal, are putting on them because they have the deep pockets to handle it, and they know that the small companies can't. So even if they disagree with the policies, they're going to put them in place. They're going to at least find a middle ground that enables them to force the burden onto the carrier groups, the individuals that come into their gates. So the question for a small business owner, a small trucking company, or an individual owner operator is, is if, if you right now, part of your portfolio is that you have a regular piece of business going into one of those Walmarts. And you want to continue that business because that is the core of what you do. 80% of what, you know, the old 80-20 rule, 80% of what you do is wrapped up in about 20% of the companies you deal with. That's kind of normal. So let's say 80% of the freight you have is wrapped up in a Walmart and an Amazon and a few others that are going to be these large, very like-minded companies that are going to comply with these regulations, these federal mandates, these state mandates. And they're going to say, if you want to come into our facility, you're great. You've met all our KPIs, but there's one more we're going to add to the, to the, the fray. And that's that you have to bring in only um, approved drivers that can show that their CDL compliant in their vaccination uh, compliant. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical on this. I believe that something like that's going to happen. Now, the article I read earlier basically said they, that it, it would be too hard to leverage the industry, the um, driver industry, <clears throat> excuse me, the driver trucker transportation industry to enable to do that because everybody needs drivers. It's a commodity right now, right? And the driver pay has gone up. The uh, capacity to move has gone up. Part of that is hours of service. Part of that is the way we've we've treated drivers over time. Part of the is the warehouses letting somebody say has to get there at eleven o'clock in the morning, but then they keep them for four hours. And part of that hits their ability to get more and more stuff done efficiently during the day. And we could get into the deep complexities of that. But for this conversation, which is almost over, by the way, for this conversation, this feels it to you perhaps like a bit of a rant. Um, I, I really feel that the mandates or the push for acceptable risk from the large companies is going to force the small companies to comply with these things, even though it's going to affect their ability to have as much capacity as they need. This will also drive and speed up the process to get to some type of 
you know, shuttled or certain segments of the transportation industry into a more automated kind of scenario. Now, part of the, interestingly, at the same time this is coming about, to tie a couple of things together, there's a drive safe, I think it's called the Safe Drive Act or Act. It's part of the new infrastructure bill, the trillion dollar package that went through the Senate. And I don't think it's got through the House quite yet because I know Pelosi has hung that up in lieu of the $3.5 trillion budget that she wants to get through as well. But it will go through. Part of that is that there's going to be an apprenticeship for young drivers to work with another driver for, I believe it's 400 hours, 120 of those hours have to be actually behind the wheel before they can qualify to be part of a company for the long haul uh, driving community. Very interestingly, that is trying to push more labor into a market that is deficit of that labor. So, you know, it's a convoluted picture right now. I'm not here trying to make judgments on that one way or another. It's very difficult to see how in a country like ours in the United States that certain freedoms to make choices are kind of being, you know, pulled away from you with the definition of the public safety being a part of this, as I'm presuming that we're either near or on our way to that quote unquote wonderful, magical herd immunity thing that they talk about. So whether you're out there listening to this and whether you've had the COVID shot, whether you're contemplating it now that it's FDA approved with Pfizer, or whether you're, you know, anti that, you know, have a hesitancy toward it because you, I, I think what I said at the very beginning is it comes down to, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of who do you trust? You know, I think the best thing you can possibly do is go to your doctor, hopefully one that you've had for a period of time and sit down and actually have a long conversation with that person and say, Hey, you know, what do you think of this? Give me the pros and cons. And, you know, this world is full of information today. You can go on the internet and read every side of this equation and you have to use your own personal intelligence to decide where your risk is, where your risk tolerance is to decide what you want to do. Because if you don't, somebody's going to decide for you. And that's what these passports, that's what these mandates, that's what these possible laws that people in Sacramento and other places in the country are trying to enact to create because it's a protective bubble around their decision making. If, if somebody, if, if the people that are making the decisions to put laws and mandates and things like that in place, they're going to lower their decision making down to the lowest common denominator. That's human nature. They're going to take the conservative view and say, if we got to protect, we got to protect as best we can. Don't know if it really works. Don't know if masks really work. You know, we can talk about that forever too. I've got, you know, masks, luckily that have, have my company's logo on it, which is great little advertising as I go out. But as, as, as I said to people personally, most of the masks that are out there, it's if you want to know what it really does to the, not the sneezing and the coughing stuff, which has big droplets in it. But if, if you want to know what it basically does for the actual size, the, the less than five micron size of a COVID, uh, virus piece, it's like throwing sand at a fence. That's really what it's like. But part of this is, of course, being good to our neighbor. Part of it is being, good-natured and compliant with and to try to tamp down the overall fear that's involved here. And that's true as individual uh, social communities. That's true as 
And it, it's just as true within business communities. And again, I'm not here to sit and advocate for or demean getting or any of that kind of stuff. I see this industry as one that's going to be very difficult to dictate to because the trucking groups, the trucking industry in general, basically likes to make its own way. I don't see that changing anytime soon, but we shall see. Because if a mandate comes along in California, you're going to have even a greater deficit. And you're going to have more than 41 steamship lines sitting off the harbor. Matter of fact, they're going to be floating down to Panama to try to get around to the other side because there won't be enough facilities to do transloads and there won't be enough chassis and there won't be enough trucks and there certainly won't be enough drivers. So that's my opinion for the day. There's no answers in this. There's no... I, it, it's just an opinion kind of looking at both sides after I read an article, I felt it necessary for me to kind of pontificate about this a little bit. And, you know, hopefully we won't be ruled by the fear, the fear of a virus, the fear of a vaccine, the fear of other people, the fear of what our businesses might do to us. The, so that's a little bit about what I wanted to talk to uh, today, just for a few minutes to throw out an opinion there, throw out a, a kind of an observation of what's going on and what I see coming and how I see it coming, both in California in terms of laws and that may be put into place and, and how the transportation business driver community in general may look at this. Because at the end of the day, it, it does come down to a supply and demand thing. If there if there's a need for drivers and the drivers say, hell no, we're not doing this, then those that need the drivers are going to have to make a decision, a fiscal decision, to go ahead and use those drivers and put in some sort of protections that are in between a vaccine passport kind of protection and nothing at all. So it'll be interesting to see where this develops and it'll be interesting to see if in over the next couple of months, really probably by the end of the year, where all this goes, because a lot of these things are coming to a head now and they'll either come to fruition or they'll be put on the back burner. And most of those things, as I've always said in the past, are going to be cited, be decided economically because that's where the brass taxes, as the saying goes, that's, that's where people define whether they go to another job or not. Is this guy going to pay me more? Is that guy going to force me to do this? Is that, I mean, that's, that's how we make decisions as human beings. And truckers are no different. Maybe there's a little more of a raw edge to them than some businesses. And we will see how this goes. Thank you again for, for visiting us on Jaws Bites. Come visit us at the website, www.ilevelogistics.com. As always, you can listen to us on any one of the uh, audio uh, platforms for podcasting, Apple, uh, Spotify, a whole bunch of others. Come see us on our YouTube channel. Uh, give us a give us a five star review on Apple Podcast, of course. Subscribe, be part of the community. We're doing this to try to continue conversations that often don't get thrown out there. We're tr we're doing this so that you, that we curate information and have a a place for you to go to see every day, whether it's a video like this or whether it's some of the industry indicators that we put together, whether it's some of the daily, you can get on our subscription for daily at our, our website is unbelievable. There's articles in there, including the one I just talked about, um, that will give you a brief idea of where things are going. And you pick those ones that affect you and your company as a whole. And you go from there. So thank you again. I look forward to the next time to getting together with you. Take care.